Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, quick note. This is Josh. I don't think this has ever happened before, but uh, we're about to dive into our uh, fantastic conversation with Kamau Bell. And I noticed listening to it that we never actually say the name of his new special or uh, uh, um, when it drops. So it's called 1000% Me, Growing Up Mixed, uh, and it drops today, May 2nd, on HBO uh, and on Max. And it's really, really terrific. So uh, we're very happy to have him with us. Uh, his uh, uh, his topic is, I think, unlike one we've done before and handled in a slightly different way and a load of fun. So here he is. This is our conversation with W. Kamal Bell. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Hey, thank you, man. I know, and I know we were all sort of uh, doing this on short notice, um, but uh, I had a chance to watch the special last night and really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's great. I, I don't think they told us even when, when's it coming out. Uh, it'll be out uh, in early May. In early May, okay. We'll, we'll get the date. Um, but yeah, so we've uh, on HBO. Oh, HBO, HBO Max, yes, and HBO. It'll air on property. Thank you, man. We're very, very psyched to have. Uh, Kamal Bell with us is, um, of course, I mean, should be known to our audience, great stand-up comedian, host of the Old FX show, uh, totally biased, um, United States, United Shades of America on CNN. Um, I have, we should just address the elephant in the room before we move on, because uh, if we're going to come to blows, we should do it now rather than wasting any of your time. Uh, we need to talk about Cosby on Showtime. Um, you have not actually seen Hickey and Boggs, have you, sir? Because <laughs> that's a good fucking movie. I'm not saying this is great. We don't need to come to blows about Hickey and Boggs. <laughs> I'm watching. I'm like, this is really good. He's like, I can't remember what you said about it. I was like, no. But and it, was, it, it wasn't a hit. It wasn't a hit. And oh, it was definitely it, not a hit. It was definitely that's, not a, hit. that's all I was saying is that there's a – that's funny. This is the first time I had the Hickey and Boggs discussion. <laughs> well, that's why <laughs> – what I'm saying in that what I'm saying in that section is there's a point in the 70s where Bill Cosby's career sort of doesn't it is not as blessed as it had been in the late 60s and early 70s right and he's he's trying a lot of things but I'm not in any way I mean Uptown Saturday Night was not a hit either but it is oh, those were, many. they did pretty well actually those, those but not like you know again we're talking about like yeah. what Hollywood calls a hit I'm not again I, yeah. this is a funny never, no, but there was something never, about Hickey and Boggs and I was like I know for a fact this guy's not seen it because it's uh, yeah Walter Hill wrote it the great Walter Hill and it's uh, I guess sure. it just not, it wasn't it wasn't trying to say critically not. Uh, no, it's it's, it's one of the best. It's one of the best pictures. Yeah, okay, okay, all right, all right. Just watch it. Is what I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> I, I can't believe you're watch Hickey and Boggs. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I highly recommend. There's I've been three years watching a lot of Bill Cosby. I, I, well, we got I, over I, that hump. <laughs> it's one of the good ones. Um, and also, Joe, uh, th- this I didn't know, and I apologize. And uh, uh, but uh, also a podcast host. 
Um, and uh, because because we sort of put this together so quickly, I don't actually have, I didn't get a list from him, but I did get a topic and it ties into his podcast. Uh, first of all, before I tell Joe what the podcast is or was, no, no, they're not. They're not. I believe it's not. How many episodes did you do? Before? Uh, it's like I think we did fifty. We did. We did because oh, okay. every we reviewed a movie. We haven't done it. We haven't done the podcast in several years, but we reviewed a, a movie every episode, and then we did some movies twice. And Joe, do you want to tell Joe the name of the podcast? The name of the podcast, which maybe will come to blows again, because this is a this is a big name, <laughs> is uh, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. Period. <laughs> That's okay with me. And, and he, came, he came here to talk about his favorite Denzel movies, which uh, uh, I'm, okay. I'm pretty fine with. Yes. I'm, um, uh, I got to say, one of my career highs was working with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, who um, uh, I might put up against your guy, but um, one of the very, very <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne is uh, Lawrence Fishburne may be one of the most, maybe the most underrated actor in Hollywood. Period. He may be, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel happy for him that that Blackish happened to get him his flowers and to get him. Also, as a person who works in Hollywood, I'm like, oh, cool, that's syndication money. Good for him. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I got to, I got to write for him and just sit in a room with him while he's doing. It was just uh, unreal. In fact, I even asked him once. Um, about it. it was we were talking about some project and I was like, oh my God, that should be uh, um, should be you and Denzel. And one of the people who works with uh, Fish said, Oh, Den- Denzel, Denzel won't work with uh, with Fish. I go, why why not? Go, He's afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, well let's see. So but you're gonna you're gonna put up your your 10 favorites. Uh are these your 10 favorite or are you gonna say they're the 10 best? Which is because there is a slight a 10 favorite because I don't think you should do I don't think you should do best with yeah. I mean I know he like do best but i think that like i think a, i think a list of your 10 favorite denzel washington movies is all is like a fingerprint it tells you a lot about a person yeah that's kind of the point of what we're, we're we're about here i think it's the first time we've ever had anybody sort of run through a list of their favorite one actor though but um uh and we have no idea where this one's going i'm i'm guessing a couple that are going to be on here and i'm guessing a couple that definitely won't i mean but- there's there's one movie that would that that i say if it's not on your list you're just trying to be cute you're just trying to be like you're trying to be like sort of above it all. So if it's not on your list, I just I, it is sort of indicts your list. So on the podcast, the way we do it, and we I don't think I'll be able to do it today. We ask everybody their five favorite Denzel Washington movies. Although I'm going to do this for you, and you have to count. You have to go five to one in order of your favorite. So you're not allowed to just say these are my five favorite. You have to say you have to say what is your fifth favorite, fourth favorite, third favorite, second favorite. Oh, wow. Favorite. Wait, he's taking over our show, Joe. I thought he was going to. No, no. It's, yeah. This is like, <laughs> now, yeah, see, we came to blows and now I'm, now I'm like, I'm the captain now. It's like that. <laughs> oh, thanks. The, uh, the, uh, let me get, so I'm, I, yeah, but I still, I bet Carbon Copy is not the movie you're talking about. I mean, that's not on Denzel's list either. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting because that's about mixed race kids, which is the film, which is the doc I just made. That he is plays, true. He that's plays true. a mixed race person in that movie. Uh, and it looks, you know, and everybody looks like they're not, they don't, everybody in that movie feel, looks like they're like, this wasn't a good idea as they're making that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that in theaters and kind of getting that too. Because it's, it's not one of those things where you look yeah, back like, 20 years right. later and go, what were we thinking? It was like, you're sitting there watching it now going, oh, what are they thinking? <laughs> I mean, I, that movie is clear. I mean, we've talked about that on the podcast. That movie, I think, was like basically written for Eddie Murphy, and he said, "Nah, it just feels like a movie <laughs> yeah, that, you're, that the actor is supposed to just sort of riff." Right. And Denzel's not that guy. Yeah, yeah. And then they got him. I'm trying to remember was had he just been on because I was a big Saint Elsewhere fan too, and he was obviously no. It's 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 pre Saint Elsewhere. It's pre Saint like, Elsewhere. It's like 1981. 
Because that early? Okay, yeah, it's been it's been a yeah, long no, it's, time. It's his first. I think he had done like that Wilma Rudolph TV movie, maybe. But it's like it's it's early days, and it, it's also at the time where Hollywood would be like, "This Eddie Murphy's funny. I, are all black guys funny?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I'm just a straw. Uh, 1999. I had written uh, a black western. You know, black western. They, I, actually, I remember reading coverage. It was it was referred to often as an urban western. <laughs> and and it's written specifically because I've always been a fan. I've written it for Fishburne, was sort of my dream cast. At one point, like, well, the, like the other urban western or uh, urban cowboy, like the other black western with John Travolta. That's right. <laughs> I remember at one point, like Wesley Snipes was was almost on board. But anyway, the um, uh, yeah, there was one producer I remember sitting in a room with him, but it was that kind of thing. It was straight. And those are the kind of actors you were looking at. And he kept talking about Eddie Murphy. Mm. And you were really like, it was like, things I think have gotten a little bit better in this town since then. But this was like, 1990, like oh, black lead. Huh? You mean Eddie Murphy? You're like, no, it's a, it's like a Clint Eastwood movie, except he's black. So Eddie Murphy. So Eddie Murphy. So anyway, let's, let's do it, man. Do you want to, do you want to work your way up from the bottom? Do you want to? Okay. Let's, I'm trying to figure So I'm going to, I got, I have, I have a, uh, his Wikipedia filmography open. Uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start at the back because I've never thought about 10. So I'm going to because so I'm going to have to keep track of, of the count as I do it. I could do five off the top of my head. So let's go with uh, and this is not in order yet. I'm just well, you're going to you're gonna have to you have to start and then we're going to find out when you saw it and what you think of it. So, OK. All right. So I'm going to start off with. So first of all, the one that has to be on everybody's list that if you're if it's not on your list, you're just trying to be adorable is Malcolm X. Like that. I think that. Whatever that movie is or isn't, it is absolutely one of the top performances by an actor in the history of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever the rest of the movie around it could do better or worse, it is a like a definitive career making performance that has scared other black actors off from playing historical figures because of how well he did in Malcolm X. Yeah, I, I yes, I think you put it beautifully too. Because I'm I'm I go back and forth uh, on the film itself. But obviously, he's he's just insanely great. Although it does have, I think, one of my favorite uses, at least, of, of Spike's uh, that great tracking shot that he does, where he puts the actor on a dolly, because yeah. it's it's yeah. so beautifully used there. As he's going off, he knows what's going to happen to him, and it's just yeah, you know, no, it's it's a it's the it's the best yeah, it's maybe the best yeah, like you said it's one of the best uses of that dolly shot, and it's also just the Denzel was at an age where he could both play young Malcolm and adult yeah. and grown up Malcolm. He could sort of like, it didn't look as ridiculous as that sometimes looks in movies when like the, when the grown up actor plays the, plays the actor as a teenager, he can right. still pull it off. Yeah. For and sure. I think just like, and also he was not, he's not physically in any way built like Malcolm X. He does. He has much, a lot of Malcolm X stories about how light skinned he was and Denzel Washington is not light skinned. And yet, and so when he was cast in that role, actually Fishburne was actually, would have been a better, like just by based of how he looks, would have been a much mm. better Malcolm X in how he looks, and actually apparently wanted the part. But Denzel just sort of like did the thing that some every now and again an actor is able to do and just go, "What I got this? Watch me!" Right. <laughs> like this sort of the the old school like the Nero level of like I know you think I'm not going to be able to pull this off, but I'm going to disappear in here, and he yeah. did. Yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal in that. He is phenomenal in that. And it, for me personally, it was the movie that like because I was young enough that hearing that that movie was a cultural phenomenon. It was like the first time, like a non, it was like sort of like, 
it was marketed like a superhero movie. Like everybody was wearing the X caps and every and like Michael like Jordan. Batman. Like Tim Burton's Batman, the same right. kind of thing. With yeah, the big X yeah. all over town and just no. Yeah, everybody was it was like talked about before it was made. And it because of that, I read the book Malcolm X, which I hadn't read before. I was oh. still a teenager. And so it like it really like changed my life because I don't know that I would have gotten to the book Malcolm X without the movie. And the book Malcolm X is one of the great American yeah. uh books. So I just think that like it it did a lot for me personally. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, I I how could it not? I mean, it was it it uh no, no, no argument. Especially, yes. Okay, good, good, good. We're not no blows. Uh, <laughs> oh no, I think I think we've had our early fight. It's all right. Okay, it's such a contentious episode. We're gonna, yes. <laughs> we'll, even, we'll even send you a Blu-ray, picky a bog. <laughs> uh, another another movie that I'm going to put on this was I think I don't know if it's his. I think it might be one of his highest grossing movies because Denzel Washington is a major movie star and opens movies big, but he's not a guy who's done a, like a lot of huge like tentpole action movies. He's done yeah. action movies. So he doesn't have a lot of like super high grossing, like, you know, the kind of movies that Hollywood has to make today or only wants to make today. But uh, uh, Inside Man, oh, which yeah. is another Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a, and a just like Spike Lee's best movies. There you go. See, there, I think that might be a better movie back front, front to end, Malcolm X, just as far as like one story that is told that comprises all these characters. It's a very New York story, which you love a movie where New York is actually a character in the mm-hmm. movie. And it's just, it's like, it's one of the, Denzel so often has movies where like Malcolm X, where he's like, I spent two years getting ready for it. And Inside Man is one of those movies where he like probably read the script. He's like, you want to shoot it this afternoon? (laughs) (laughs) When a great actor just gets to have fun and chew the scenery and not worry about like uh, how, how the community is going to think about it or is this doing the right thing? And he gets to like, he gets to have fun as sort of like the hero that is maybe not heroic, which Denzel spent a lot of his career only playing like, impeachably like unimpeachably heroic yeah. heroes because he knew that he was like in that next Sidney Poitier place that it was fun that he could sort of go maybe this guy's a hero maybe he's a jerk we don't know but we're gonna follow him because he's Denzel Washington Until and is one of Jodie Foster's best performances yeah no she's great she's great and, and Clive Owen's wonderful I mean it's, it's it's an amazing film and and it's one of those things where but it's like you know Spike seems like one of those filmmakers because sometimes he goes way far out there and you're left kind of going, what the hell? But it's always interesting. And it, it almost feels like, look, I know there's a million reasons he did it, but it almost feels like it's an answer to some of the critics. It's like, I can yeah. do one of these. You want to see me do one and of these? I can do one of these. I can do one of these. Now can I go back to, you know, and he just knocks it out of the park and he just goes merrily back on his way. I kind of love that. And it's interesting that he didn't write it because Spike is often such an auteur from yeah. the from the whole thing. And he did that was a script that he and we got to interview Spike on our show. And he was like, and we asked him, like, has why don't you make a sequel? And he's like, Denzel doesn't want to make a sequel. <laughs> like he was like <laughs> And it's also you don't get to see Denzel often in a movie that is like really an ensemble film because he's mm-hmm. such a big star that he often is like the big star, and then there's a bunch of like and the rest, a la Gilligan's Island. I'm sure that reference is good is not too old for this crowd. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, he's really, I think he's really great in the in a piece where the, or like him and Cl- Clive Owen is like, I'm going to go toe to toe with you. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't get, and he doesn't get blown off by the stage by Clive Owen. So, yeah. or no, Clive Owen doesn't, you know, they, he feels very like there. It's good to see an actor stare Denzel Washington right in the face and go, yeah, I'm here to do this and see what happens. Yeah. And you hope, I mean, as well as movies where it's like, I'm sure you never know, but I hope they were all having fun. Yeah, yeah. Because that should yeah, not no, be a movie that you're suffering to make. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Because, like I said, I think that it's it's just clear they were probably all staying at their houses. Like you know, like, there's not like a, you know, it's like there just doesn't seem like the, the shoot days don't look like they were that long. It was all it was all shot in one scene in one area basically. So it's it's as I the the more I get experience in this business, the more I recognize. Oh, you took this one for a lot of reasons, and some of this is just so you didn't you wouldn't have to work too hard, but you get to work with good people. Yeah. Well, the ultimate is the uh, you've heard the Michael Keane quote about Jaws four. No. What's the, he goes, I, I've never, cause that was the movie where he couldn't come and pick up his Oscar cause he had to be making Jaws the Revenge. And he goes, I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the house it bought me and it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that is a, yes, I, I believe that probably, that probably bought Denzel an addition to a house. <laughs> yeah, didn't exactly. buy a whole and by the way, in case anyone's listening and isn't quite good, hasn't seen the film, isn't good, it, it's a great movie. It's a, just a fantastic caper film. We are not comparing no, it to, to Jaws the Revenge. No, yeah, that's, yeah it is not. It is not it's a, it's an entertainment movie, and it's yeah. really entertaining. Put this on the poster. Better than Jaws the Revenge. He does a lot in his movies, especially in the later years of his career, where he sort of has a younger black male actor who he's, you can sort of feel him going like, mm-hmm. This is a guy too. It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be about me. And so Chueto Ejiofor is in the movie, mm-hmm. and it's like there's a scene where he's very much like, hey, "Everybody, next time go see his movie." <laughs> like it just feels yeah. like he, he's actively mentoring, uh, like sort of mentoring the next generation of black ma- of black male. That's a good point. Yeah, because that's true. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it that way, but yeah, that does happen a lot in these later films. Yeah. Uh, next, we're gonna go. Uh, let's go. Um, oh wait, wait. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, man on fire. Ah, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, no, I was. <laughs> no, that's funny. I, I recently, you know, it's based on a, what is it? Was it a cable movie, Joe? I can't remember. The first one wasn't a feature or a theatrical feature. Oh yeah, it was Scott Glenn thing, yeah. which is pretty fun. I remember enjoying. Yeah, Scott. It. The Scott Glenn was in the first one. Yeah, and I I need to see it again because too many people loved it. I mean, I, I it, it's something about it. I like Tony. I'll Scott. say this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. The first time I saw it. I didn't. I didn't love it. the The longer I've been a dad, the more I've loved it. <laughs> like, it's like there's, okay, there's, there's a whole genre of films that Denzel does where it's like dads who will do anything for their for their kids, and those kids right. aren't always literally his kids. Like in the movie, it's not literally his kid, right, it's but it's a kid he's taking on as a kid. And so the first time I saw it, I didn't have a kid, and I was like, I sort of wanted it to be more of a superhero movie. I think the thing about Man on Fire, and this is a trope of Denzel Washington movies, that you know that thing where the big A-list actor gets to have an effect on the script. Mm-hmm. And then in his movies, there's a thing where like evil can't win. So even if the guy in the movie is doing a heroic thing, if he's been defined as evil, he's got to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And so man on fire is one of the movies where it's like, you want that guy to walk away at the end. Cause you want that guy to, you, cause he did a great thing and you want to see him walk away at the end. But Denzel has a, something about his morality. And we know he's, 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 he's sort of like openly a Christian evil can't win. And so I think sometimes that actually does, it hurts the, it hurts the narrative of the movie, but I understand where he's coming from. Like he's sort of right. like, and so man on fire has some like classic quotable Denzel Washington lines. And it's again, one of those movies where it's like much like training day, which is also going to be on this list is a movie where it is fun to see a guy who, who for the first half of his career, was just unimpeachably good all the time. Mm-hmm. Just go, I'm going to play a bad guy, but at the end, I have to suffer. Right. And so, and the way he makes his bad guys suffer is often painful to watch because you don't want to see Denzel Washington get beaten up and blown up and, and 
and knock the and knock the sunder. And yet he sort of goes, if this guy is as bad as I think he is, he's gonna have to pay for what he did. So and Men on Fire is also it's very like Tony Scott, it's super like aggressively directed in a way that I think is sometimes off-putting for people. Uh like there was a lot he was doing. He he sort of went like Ang Lee Hulk style, where it was like a lot yeah. of like moving and, <laughs> and it, it did and take so me a while. There's a period that I go back to now of Tony Scott that I actually love, where I remember being like not so in love with his films. I also remember too at the end, because it's just everywhere they go, they spend all this time in Mexico and it's just like a hellhole of just like murder and depravity and everything. And I remember right before the the credits it fades to black and he goes, this movie is dedicated to the people of the beautiful city of Mexico City. <laughs> like, this is not the movie to dedicate. <laughs> you just told me I should never freaking go there. <laughs> uh, this movie has sort of been, I think, for a little bit forgotten in time, but was super important in its day was Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. You know, I think because the way our culture has shifted and because the AIDS discussion is thankfully not in the same place that it was when that movie came out. But for like to think that for a, especially a black actor in 1992 to sort of in that movie say, not only am I going to be in a movie about this, I'm going to play the role of the guy who doesn't get it. The sort of the guy who sort of comes in bigoted and comes out on the other side Mm -hmm. at a time when black people and a lot, when a lot of America, no matter what your race were, had very bigoted ideas about gay people and about people with and about uh, and about uh, people with AIDS. Yeah. So I think the idea being that, like he to put himself in that role again, he's a guy who had, had, to that point wanted to be there up and before then. He's a, he's often the unimpeachable hero who's like a high moral of like the, the he's the hero. And in this, he's adjacent to the hero, but comes out heroic in the end. And it gives him one of those like every actor wants his courtroom speech. Every actor wants like. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. (laughs) So, and he gets his big courtroom speech. And again, I think it is sort of like, I don't know, I've I've watched it a couple years ago and it still holds up, but I just think it's just because the sea change of culture has done so much that it is sort of, we, we, you know, we forgot that there was a time where we were like, can Tom Hanks really act or is he just a comedy actor? I think a few other things have changed too, but the, I I just wonder how that film plays today, you know, because it, it, I, I wasn't a big Jonathan Demi fan. I liked it very end. It it did not it did not knock me out as a movie, but I remember having this moment talking to my grandmother, you know, and that movie changed her mind about some stuff. Yes, <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What am I going? I'm going to I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue. I will grab you. Don't understand dramatically. It's just a dead fish. <laughs> I don't think it's like Demi's so much better when he's doing these other films. And you're know, like, holy shit, you know, it just turned her head around. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to argue with that. It's not. It's 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 working by different standards. I mean, for me, I think there's a thing where, like, I understand. I mean, this happens to me with my TV show United Shades. That sometimes I will do a show about some big issue, and the activists are like, "This is all basic. Mm-hmm. This knowledge is all why why are you why are you acting like this is news to we all know this stuff?" And they're not thinking about your grandma. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And they're not. And I know that like most of my audience is 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 somebody's grandmother like, or, or some person who still, who thinks like a grandmother, who's like, what? I've never heard of this before. Yeah. So I really, at the time, I think it's like, it's one of those movies that like, I think it did shift culture or did help shift culture in a way. Cause it was like, also, I mean, you know, even the way in which if we did that movie today, it would probably be within, if you know, not that they're going to remake Philadelphia, but, <laughs> but there'd be a discussion about whether, 
at the time, it was brave for Tom Hanks to play a gay guy. That right. was like a big deal for a straight actor to play a gay guy. Um, that would be like, we don't, it would probably be like, we would like, why don't we get a gay actor to play a gay guy? Yeah. You know? well, I think I think Hanks has actually said that if it were asked that uh, he, he thinks if the movie was made today, he would, he would not do that part. He would insist on somebody more appropriate for the yeah, part. Yeah, and I think, but that we can't, we can't, we can't, uh, you can't pretend like there were, that times were different back then. That they were that the gay actors in Hollywood that existed were probably not were most of were not openly gay. But yeah, no, not. exactly, exactly. It's a I mean, yeah, it's a big, it's a it's a. It's my a, God, by the way, almost the opposite of my grandmother experience. You know, you you'd think, and when was this? When was Wong Fu, Joe? Do you remember that film? Oh, to Wong Fu. Wong yeah. Fu with uh, ninety five. I remember seeing that trailer. Uh, it was back home in Philadelphia. It was showing before, I think it was like um, Clint Eastwood film or something. They show the trailer for Wong Fu and these two guys sitting in front of me and this the one guy goes, oh, fuck man, I didn't know Patrick Swayze was a fag. I'm like, oh my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> you sit here, come on guys, it's 95. You can play, nobody cares if you're gay. Oh yeah, they actually do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that reaction too though. I think that the grandma, the, the reaction of like, Oh, I had no idea. I've changed my whole thing. And also they're like, this movie makes me angry. Great. Yeah. I'll take both of them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's better than being boring. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. What's next? What's next on the list? Let's go old school. Let's go. The first the first movie he won an Academy Award for Glory. Right. Uh, again, of like, I mean, that movie, because I saw it as a kid, and it made me angry that the black the black battalion didn't win at the end. I didn't care that it was history. I just was like, come on. <laughs> You're going to kill Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington and Andre Brower? How dare you? <laughs> like, so, like, you know, and, and again, I think this is one of those movies where it's like, uh, it is certainly the way in which that movie was made. At the time, it really focuses on Matthew Broderick's character's experience right. of the black military. We'd probably do that differently today. But I give Matthew Broderick credit that the way he plays that role is of the of a guy who's like, I'm in over my head, <laughs> which I appreciate. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't play it the way that like if you'd given it to Tom Cruise, that guy would have really been the hero of the movie. But Matthew Broderick does brings enough Ferris Bueller into it that it feels a little bit like that you sort of have empathy for this guy who could be. Who who could just be told who could be played as a as an, an impeachable hero, and one of the things that Denzel Washington has contributed specifically to black culture is sort of memes before we had memes, and the scene in Glory where he does the one tear down the cheek is like mm-hmm. you could go to every black barbershop, uh, cookout, uh, beauty salon, church gathering, go Denzel Washington one tear, and everyone. Like that was a thing that like black people talked about. How did Denzel Washington make one cheer roll, one tear roll down his cheek? And in that scene when he's getting, you know, and and it's also it's it's the closest Denzel Washington has ever done to a slavery movie, which are pretty which I think even back in the day he knew I can't just be a regular. Like it was like post slavery. But at a time where like that's a thing that black actors have to contend with is when are you going to do your slavery movie? The way he chose to play a character who was touched by slavery, but not actually in the middle of being enslaved, I thought was just, I mean, I think that character, because that character is not a hero either, but he's super nuanced in his, and also many black people walk out there going, I think that guy actually is the hero. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's also, I mean, it, it's, you know, 
it's, it's a tough one. But yeah, when you look at that era, I mean, there's really just no one was going to make that film any other way. So, so sort of critiquing yeah. it from that point of view, it, it's frustrating to me that they still do that a little bit. Um, you know, but it feels like feels like sort of Hollywood's you went a little bit, or you you have to have like a white guy in the middle of it. You know, the yes, the Dances with Wolves phenomenon, where it's like we can't just make a movie about these people. We have to. I mean, no, my my favorite version of that is uh is in Twelve Years a Slave when Brad Pitt shows up and you're like, you know, he's the good guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Like, Brad Pitt has not shown up in the slavery movie to be the bad guy. Looking exactly like Jesus, too, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> in case you didn't get the point. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like it's like, oh, Brad Pitt's here. I think we're gonna be okay, everybody. Brad yeah. Pitt's here. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's next? So this movie is just eminently watchable. It's one of those movies where it's like when it comes on TV, I think a lot of people, it's like, oh, I guess I'm doing this for the rest of my day. It's And it sort of falls in that category of sports movies that we all like. There's just that everybody wants to see that. Remember the Titans. Oh, yeah. Just as one of the, it, it first, it does a couple of things. It do, There's some great Denzel Washington speeches and, 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 and things like he, I've never heard the phrase, you're overcooking my grits, but that's the thing he says in the movie that now I will always say. Uh, and also it's just a, like, it's, it's Denzel's take on the classic sports movie that, that we all like, that we all have seen many versions of. And I think it actually has gotten, it sort of aged well. Like at the time it was sort of like in the middle of a pretty significant run in his career when it's like, it's between the hurricane and training day. (laughs) So it's like, there's sort of a, it's sort of a a lot. Denzel's doing a lot at that point in his career. And, and remember the Titans felt a little bit like fluffy in the middle, a Disney movie felt a little bit fluffy. But it's one of those movies that I think that for many people, when it comes on TV, you're just like, oh, I, like TNT is a great stop your day and watch this movie. That, you know, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption being the number one stop your mm-hmm. day and finish this movie. But uh, training, I've, I've heard a lot more people talk about Remember the Titans. And it's just a great, like, again, give Denzel Washington some speech and allow and watch him chew up the scenery. Yeah. Uh, and even though it's in, in classic movie fashion, if you Google the facts of that team and what actually happened, none of that happened. But we've got Boaz Yakin, who directed the film, has been on our show. It's good, too. friend of the show, friend of the show, Boaz Yakin. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie. Like I'm not a football fan, and I think for at first it didn't really land with me. But it is a movie that, like, just to sort of like, well, I want to watch that one scene where he gives that one speech. I want to watch that scene where, and then suddenly, like, I watched the whole movie. <laughs> yep. Movies, movies, movies. <laughs> That's you can't laugh during this. Yeah, I can. Uh, I think they'll be okay with it because uh, moviesunlimited.com, the expert on movies since 1978, are big fans of our show, and we're big fans of theirs. So we want to thank them. They're our main sponsor, uh, moviesunlimited.com, the movie collector's website. They're uh, they feature many of the movies we discuss here, so you can easily find them to add to your collection. Uh, I bet you they have every single one of the Denzel Washington movies that Kamau brings up today. Sure, you can stream a lot of stuff these days, but when you buy your favorites, you watch what you want, when you want, and there's usually a ton of great content and bonus features like director's commentary, deleted scenes, and all sorts of other goodness. Like I said, lots of Denzel, too. Click the Movies Unlimited banner on our website and buy your favorites from hard-to-find films, imports, and more. Go now to MoviesUnlimited.com, the movie collector's website, where shipping is always free, on orders over $50. 
Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. I don't know how many are we at now. I realize I'm not keeping. Track. We we are at six. Oh wow! Okay, good. You're in trouble okay. if you have five great ones left. That's uh, all right. So this one, I'm interested to hear your take on this one. This one is the first movie that broke Denzel. There's a thing we talk about in the podcast called Black People Homework, which are things that happen in Black culture that if you're a Black person, you have to either see or lie about seeing, or else you're not going to be in the conversation. <laughs> so. For me, Get Out was a movie that I had to lie about for a long time because I hadn't seen it, and it was in every black conversation. Was what did you think about Get Out? And I finally right. did see it, but I, just, <laughs> I was not excited to watch the the black the horror movie about a black guy with a white uh, with a white girlfriend whose family turns on him because I was a black guy with a white girlfriend whose family sometimes turned on me. So, <laughs> so I was not excited to see Get Out, but I did see it. But uh, this was one of those things that my, my mom took me to this movie when I was a little kid, a soldier story. Oh, sold a story. I was trying to figure oh, out what great. you were. Okay, sure, sure. I know. I'm, that's why I'm trying to. I'm trying to keep you on your. Yeah, I'm doing these preambles to keep you on your toes. Uh, a soldier story. Again, it's a. It's a very young Denzel. Yep. It's a. It's. It's a. Uh, it's an ensemble piece because it's based on a soldier play, which was a play that Denzel did in. I think it was on Broadway, but it was certainly in New York. That also apparently like Sam Jackson was in, and like uh, David Allen Greer was in uh, when they did the play, and Denzel. And so, and then when they made then and. Uh, uh, Howard Rollins is that his name? I'm, yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah, yeah. That Howard Rollins is the star, and it's like, and it is a very, and it's from the early '80s. I think it's '84, uh, <laughs> and it's the first movie where black people were like, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> like it was the first sort of like the movie that like sort of let black people know, pay attention to this guy. And it's interesting because you know, spoiler alert for a movie that is what 40 years old. He, it's a movie where you're trying to figure out who the who did it was. And it's and it's Denzel who did it, Denzel's character who did it. And it sort of relies on the fact that Denzel seems like such a good guy that it couldn't be him, even though we don't know anything about him as a but that's not his reputation as an actor yet or as a human. But right. he just seems like a great guy. But it turns out he's not a great guy and he did it. So it is just a. it's you know, I think it's hard to turn plays into movies. I, I think that movie did a good job of it. And I also think that it's sort of one of those like. I don't know what it is now, but there was an era of blackness in this country where you had to, where somebody was going to make you watch a shoulder story. And cause it was just, it just felt like it was homework. It was black people homework. Wow. But Adolf Caesar is so great in that movie. Oh my God. He's, I mean, he's like terrifying. He's like a horror movie villain. He's, so he's great. not, he's not really that well remembered these days, but uh, he was, he was a terrific actor. And he's also very famous. As, as he, he did hundreds of trailers. He had this great no, his, voice. his voice is incredible. He's got one of those voices that, even if you've never, even if you don't know him, you have probably, especially back in the day, you heard his voice somewhere. It just sounds like he's, 
sounds like he's chewing on gravel. <laughs> like he's just yeah, like, yeah. No, he was great. Yeah. Yeah. God, I had not thought about that movie in a long time. I think I saw it, saw it in theaters and um, yeah, it made, it made Howard Rollins a star too. Right. And that's the one that, that yeah. kicked him yeah. off. Yeah. And, and it's, a, and it's David Allen Greer and you go, how old is David Allen Greer? <laughs> <laughs> Like, like he's like, like just, I didn't know he was there. good. Black don't crack, as they say. That's right. Uh, so that's seven. All right. So now we're going to go to some uh, some what I would like to call these are again. These are our fingerprints. So it doesn't mean that that the movies that I like are the movies that everybody else is going to like. And these are movies that spoke to me. Uh, I love this movie because it is just like it's basically like Denzel decided to do like a like a C. Thomas Howell late night Showtime movie, like one of those movies you see at two o'clock in the morning in a hotel. Man, uh, no, it's not Man on Fire. Uh, uh, out of Time. Out of Time. That is just, I. you can say, we can come to all the blows you want to. No. It is It is like, it's just short of a Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> like it is like, it, yeah. And it was just a B movie with a B movie plot with that. Basically, the funny thing about it, that he, he plays a character called Matt Whitlock. And it is such a trope between me and my friend Kevin Avery, who hosted my podcast. That it's about a guy who's like constantly overwhelmed and gets in over over his head and is constantly trying to clean up after himself to while he tries to he needs like the chief of police so he's sh- he's basically doing a lot of things he shouldn't do and it's all starting to fall apart around him and to see Denzel Washington be overwhelmed for an for ninety minutes is just fun like it's <laughs> not a, he's he's normally the guy who's got it all under control or going to get it under control and he spends the whole movie saying like wait what wait what like <laughs> it's just like and so. Me and my friend, we call it Matt Whitlock in it. When you're having a day where you're just like trying to stay ahead of everything and it's all out of your control. Like, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm really Matt Whitlock in it today. <laughs> like, it's there's, just like- there's a 20-minute uh, um, maybe sequence of that film. Because, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's good fun. It's Carl Franklin, too, who directed at least, I hope, another film that you're about to mention. I hope. But because uh, 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 that, that could be a problem. But uh, <laughs> no, but. There's like a 20 or 30 minute sequence that is just, you're just breathless the whole time. Yes. Because yeah, it's yeah. literally just him. Like he's walking out of that room and he's about to get caught and somehow he manages to leap out a window and not get it's, caught. And now he's got to fall and then he's about to get caught, but he doesn't get caught. And he's constantly having to like, just stay one step ahead. And, and it's just, yeah. it's almost exhausting to watch. It's so much fun. No, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's very like, it's, it, yeah, there's, there's something about the little, it's a little bit like, I don't know, like early mammoth, like just about like, it's, it's super fast moving, but like, I don't know. And there's a point there's, and it's also, it's also funny to watch a movie where a fax machine plays a big role in it. <laughs> but yeah, just like, it's a B movie where I'm sure he wanted to work with Carl Franklin. This is like, we're talking about with uh, inside man. I'm sure he wanted to work with Carl Franklin again. I'm sure he was like, we're going to shoot Miami. That sounds fun. Right. <laughs> you know? And again, it's one of those scripts where he's like, he probably reads and goes, yeah, let's do it tomorrow. I got, I got, I got a few hours. I got a few hours. It just, it did not demand a lot of him, but it was great to see an actor sort of basically have fun with the fact that your expectations of Denzel at that point are that he's an, he's always plays characters who are under control and know what they're doing. And yeah. he spends the whole 90 minutes not being under control and not knowing what he's doing. So yeah. I going, hey, 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 hey. yeah, yeah. And so that's uh, a, <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm so happy that showed up. I did not expect that to show up on anybody's table. This is what I'm saying. It's like a fingerprint. It's like a fingerprint. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so we got, so this is, oh man, this is, that was eight. Two more in. You may have. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to, okay, okay. You might have to let him go over, Joe. Yeah, okay. I mean, here's the thing. 
I'm, I'm not going to say the movie that you want me to say. <laughs> because I'm not going to say that movie because you want me to say it. It's, 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 <laughs> This is again an unusual choice, not a popular choice. I'm going into my not popular choice section of this. Okay. Is uh, Book of Eli. Oh, Book of Eli. Also, also had the director on the show, Albert Hughes, has come on here a couple times. Um, yeah, I, I think that, like, I think if film. you give that movie, I think the, 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 first of all, I love the fact that it's a movie. That is about like it's sort of a class. It's a it's you know post apocalyptic. It's it's Denzel. It's Gary Oldman. It's like it's like Jennifer Beals. It is like great actors sort of like sort of doing their thing. I like Denzel in action movies, and I think the action of that movie is directed really well. There's some fight scene choreography that was done by a guy who's like one of the disciples of Bruce Lee, and it's very clear that like they let Denzel gets to do some stuff that's pretty like it's yeah. not that shaky camera born identity thing. Like it's not that it's like. We're going to stand back and let the action speaks for itself. And I like that. Uh, I like a movie where a guy just for some reason can't be killed and nobody knows why. <laughs> like, I just like, but like, sort of like a, we tried to kill him and we couldn't kill him. It really feeds, like, again, I think it feeds like a, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. It feeds that side of me. Like, I'm just unstoppable until, yeah. I, until the end of the movie, then I'll be stopped. Um, I think the the idea there was sort of this big MacGuffin of like, what is the book that he's trying to, that he's got to go get, that he's, taking and he won't share the book and it's a whole and i think for a lot of people it became a huge no-go when the book revealed itself to be the bible mm. and i think that sort of sucked a lot of the like people were like i don't want it to be the bible again <laughs> public christian popular like and i think if you would i think if you had just switched that out with a different book the movie might have been a bigger hit like i think the necronomicon yeah, yeah exactly. Know, it's, it's like a lot of the stuff you're saying because it's it's you know there's a kind of shorthand where like oh god Christian movie yeah and and um I think what that that comes to stand for more is movies that just a aren't very good and b kind of handle that stuff badly like there's so many Christian you know there's so many filmmakers in that that genre who would never do something like Training Day yeah you yeah. can't go to those places and it's like you're kind of, it feels to me I mean I'm not that you're sort of missing the point it's like how are you gonna yeah. How are you gonna get to B if you don't start at A? And I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm normally like, I, I, have, I have, I don't know, big, big radar for that stuff, and it, it didn't bother me in Book of Eli at all because it was like, no, I mean, I think because I think also even at the end of the day, the book is, it's, it's the book is, it's like a MacGuffin. It's not like really, exactly. yeah, it's not really about the Bible. It's just about, it's about what that book has come, and you can't argue with like what that book comes to me, means in society, whether you like it or don't like it. And so, yeah. but it's not, the movie's not about the book. The movie's about a guy who is on a mission and just right. has, and will, by any, he sort of bars a little bit of Malcolm X, by any means necessary, will get the mission done. Yeah. And I just think it's a really, you know, I think in the, if, you know, I think it's also like maybe just people didn't want to, didn't weren't prepared to see Denzel in that movie. But if I think if you take Keanu Reeves and put him in that movie, I think people, mm -hmm. people are like, and, and change out the book. It's like a, it's like a franchise. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like, but yeah. I think there's something about Denzel and the fact that it's the Bible and the, and we, this is in his old man action phase, which I'm a big fan of old man action, as we know, pioneered by <laughs> Liam Neeson, but like Denzel has done a lot of his old man action phase. And I think that, and also I think there is a real spirit and heart to that movie. That when I watched it, it was really like, I was like, this is really like, I don't know, maybe there's also a thing about that movie that's like, it's about a black man, but they don't really, I don't think they ever say the words black, but as a black man, I can read it as a black movie because mm -hmm. it's Denzel Washington. And I really felt like a lot of the soul of that 
you know, he's trying a black man trying to save the country is basically like that's one that's on my business cards. So uh, like, you know, just for me, it like really personally touched me in a way that I'm like, I know this isn't for everybody. But for me, I wish it had kicked off a book of Eli. Oh, it's probably better. It didn't kick off a book of Eli franchise, but I would prefer a book of Eli franchise to an equalizer franchise. But you can't get what you you can't get what you want. All right. The last movie on the list. Am I just going to go? He's not going to do it, Joe. He's not going to do it. He said he wasn't going to do it. I Why know. do you expect him to do it? I'll say the one where he flies the airplane. If, you, if it's the one where he flies the airplane upside down. <laughs> it's not. I'm not going to do the one where he flies the airplane upside down. Is that that, that, that <laughs> movie? Oh, I, just, it just, it, it, I remember seeing it in theaters and then talking. Because I, I like, I always use airplane pilots as as my sort of metaphor for this. Like whenever I'm writing anything, I want to do enough research so that if I'm writing something about an airplane pilot, there's no airplane pilots in the audience going, that's bullshit. Yeah. And I remember yeah. actually asking an airplane pilot and they're like, yeah, it's actually physically impossible to turn one of those yes. planes upside down. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so you're making a movie about a guy who, when he drinks and does cocaine can violate the laws of physics to save yep. the passengers on his plane. And yes. you're going to drum him out of the job. Yeah. <laughs> you should be making sure he's drunk every time he flies. That movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's a lot of Denzel Washington movies where they are, the, there are scenes in there that are great mm-hmm. where like him and John Goodman have that scene together where it's just like, you know, I would watch that. I would go to a, I'd go to a film festival of the best scenes from movies if they did that. Oh, Cause yeah. I think there's a lot That's of good idea. scenes that don't get the movie. Like, are we, I call it, sometimes we call it like the 75% film festival where it's just like, cause some movies it's like 75% <laughs> great. And then that last act, it's like, uh, and so I think there are scenes in flight, but it's not flight. I, I mean, I enjoyed flight. I think the other thing is it's one of the things where like the trailer made you believe that he landed the plane upside down. And then when he goes, it's also impossible. But oh, then yeah. in the movie, he doesn't land the plane upside down. And I was like, you're not even doing what the, the trailer lied. So I think uh, you're, you're not even, you, you, you made this more impossible in the trailer. And then you backed off in the, in the trailer. Right. Movie. But it's still impossible. So, what yeah. is, so, drum roll. so my last movie is, I, I said, I think is Fences. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Also directed, I believe. Am I? Yeah. And that's why I think it's important because it shows that this is a guy who's clearly like, you know, he could be, I mean, there are actors who are Denzel's age who are sort of coasting, you know, who are just sort of mm-hmm. like, and great actors. And I get why they coast. Why wouldn't you coast? You know, like, you know, I think that like there are great, great legendary actors who also make the list of greatest actors of all time uh, who are just, who are just sort of like, Taking movies where you're like, why are you doing that? But I'm not mad at him. You've you've earned the right to coast. But Denzel proves in Fences that he's not trying to just coast. And I think the great thing he does with Fences, first of all, it's that speech where he where his where he tells his son says, "Do you love me?" And he gives him this whole speech where like, why? like basically like the most hardcore dad speech of all time. That as, the older I get as a dad, the more I feel that speech. And also, I'm like, he's playing my dad. That's what my dad did to me. Um, why should I love you? Is the is the why should why should you care if I love you? I provide you for you every day. I feed you. I have a place for you to stay. Why should you? Why should it matter if I love you? It's like whoo. Oh. Uh, and then on top of that, but I think it's the gift that he gives to Viola Davis that he basically that that movie is sort of set up for her to get her Oscar in a way that that like mm. he could have been big time Denzel and sort of like shot that movie in such a way as a director that it highlights that it highlights his performance more than hers. But I thought it was a very sort of like savvy veteran move to be like, I've already gotten my Oscars. Let's let's get Viola Davis, who deserves more, who deserves her Oscar, her Oscar. And so I felt like and and again, the importance of like he's 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 bought all the rights to the August Wilson plays. 
and is committed to filming all of them. And I think that whatever that does, it makes those plays accessible for generations of people who are never going to walk into a playhouse to see these plays. So I think that's super, that's like a super important uh, legacy move that is bigger than what are the box office Box office yeah, oh my god, for sure. And, and and I mean that's that's you know that's using your your clout, using your cachet, cachet in a way that's um, a little more interesting than uh, some people do, I think. Yeah, um, and, I, and I don't have anything against those people. It's just very clear that Denzel. I mean, he's also doing Equalizer three, so he's like you know he's you know, but it's just clear that he's like. Well, you gotta pay he also got stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got to pay. Yeah, you got to pay. Yeah, those August Wilson movies don't bring in all the whatever. So I, but I just think, and it, for me, it's like an, it's a it's a it's a it's a living lesson of how to be in this business for me. Is that. Yeah. Yeah. So if I had blown it, where would you have put the other film? If that was, uh... <laughs> <laughs> where would I put, I mean, I probably would have, I might've swapped. I might've, I mean, I think fences is like, it's bigger than just the movie. I might've left off fences and I would have put, I would have put it in. Uh, yeah. I would have put, we're talking about, of course, devil in a blue dress. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Um, no hard condition. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that was written for Eddie Murphy. Like, that's I another mean, one. Clearly, I forgot that too. I was looking him up. I was like, "Oh my god, the, the one where no, Bob Bob, Hoskins, I mean, that poster looks like it was Eddie Murphy, and they photoshopped Denzel's face on yeah. it." It just, it's, <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. I to me, like Devil with a Blue Dress is there, there's two of these movies. Um, and that's and I love those books too, and I remember. You know, hearing all I knew of Don Cheadle was that he had been on picket fences playing this kind of milk toast attorney, and I was like, they cast him as Mouse. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, here comes an actor, man. But, That's another example of Denzel being like yeah. this guy. Like yeah, again, like that. when Don Cheadle's in scenes with him, he is chewing up all the scenery, and Denzel's just letting him do it yep. in ways that I think is very generous. I, my favorite version of that is American Gangster. He assembles like. The, he assembles like a like a murderer's row of young black actors to be like, what about what about a uh, common? What about Ti? What about like, you know, like of like here here's here could be the next black stars? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But I I just it, it, to me it's like the great um, franchise that never was, and it just it kills me because those yes. Easy Rollin books are so good, and they did such an amazing job. I mean, I can't think of too many movies that have spent that much time and energy and money recreating, you know, like South Central. Not, you know, usually it's palaces and things like, you know, and it's like, yeah. and it's, it's, um, and he's so good and the script's so good. It's so beautifully directed and like Master and Commander is the only other one I can think of like that, where I just, every time I watch it, I just like, I hurt. I want to watch the inevitable bad third one, you know, mm. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it was like, and, yeah. and it's, it's killing me because it's, it's, oh God, it's so good. It is so good. No, I think, I mean, I think it's another one of those where it's like, it is such a great movie. And I think it just like, it, not that this would have made, it wouldn't have made it a better movie, but I think for commercial value, it, it lacked the last act car chase fight scene that, that people want from, a, that, that many people expect from a movie like that. Not that I think that makes it a better movie, but it's yeah, sort of no, a, a, very, a very quiet movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not as action-packed as it should be, I guess. Um, no, I, I'm not I'm clear. I don't think it should. That's not going to make it better. Yeah, no, I don't, yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. It, it didn't, it didn't um, uh, cross over to that to that audience. Um, I think that's probably my, I don't know if I could whip out 10 the way you just did, but like, Joe, what's, what's, your, what's your favorite uh, Dead Zone movie? Off the top of your head. You had to have been thinking about it. I, I always go back to Malcolm X. Yeah. Just because of his performance. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah. so, I was so riveted when I saw that picture. 
Yeah, I think that I think it's just like it's it's, and I think as we see more actors over the years, like the post Malcolm X thing, actors try to pull those that sort of the I'm going to play the historical character off, and especially black actors. I mean, even and it's funny, his name is sort of like charged with a lot. But I remember Will Smith talking about when he was going to play Ali that he talked to Denzel, and there was a, a fact of Denzel being like, "Don't mess it up, man." <laughs> like it was That's just right. like, yeah, yeah. Like that, like he wasn't like, you'll be great. He was like, no, 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 don't mess it. Like that's, it's a big deal. And, you know, and I don't think we've seen that, that performance only grows in time as we see more actors try to pull off things like that and not pull it off. Yeah. And I feel like who's playing him in the Godfather of Harlem is actually pretty good. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's, I, I, I appreciate the fact that other people have not been afraid to, you know, have to uh, try that Malcolm X thing out. Cause so yeah, I appreciate that. But there's something, I wonder, is this, there's a thing and it feels like since then, I'm wondering if it's Denzel's fault somehow, because, because people went, oh shit, like we, we can't, we can't top that here. It feels like there have been a whole slew of most of the movies about kind of great African-American characters, historical figures since then. It feels to me like they're played by black British actors more Mm, often than not. that 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 has come up. And it's like, how is that, is that, is that people just going, well, we can't top Denzel here. We have to go to England where they make them better somehow that whole Shakespearean thing. It's just weird to me, man. They keep doing it. Fred Hampton and, and, uh, what is that? The one night in Miami, he was the guy played Malcolm X even was British. And yeah. Uh, and also, um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I, I mean, you know, we have a tendency to still overinflate Britishness as being a sign of quality, even in even as everyday England shows us they're they're just, they're just yeah. as screwed up as we are, if not in more ways. And I think that I think that's and I've seen black people talk about that how oh, yeah. it it becomes a little bit annoying to us that American black people can't play. But it's funny we even do it with superhero movies. Like Batman was British, Superman was British. Like there's just this weird thing where it's like the like. You, you, you got to be British to play Superman. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. at, at the highest level, the highest level of acting is if you're a British actor doing an American accent. I think there's something about that that we that we tend yeah. to over that we tend to overinflate. Yeah. So I think it happens in other movies, too. But certainly in, in, and it's, in it's weird to me, too, when you see African-American directors doing it, because like I, I somehow I get it's yeah, it's still a it's, We're, there's still uh, an exotification of things with a British accent in this. country. Yeah. Even if they're not doing the accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know they're better than us. That's all. They yeah, they're just, just they're just they're just they're just better than us because they're not. They're just because they they. I don't know what they go back is. further. They go right. back. They're, they've been, they've been studying the craft harder. longer. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyway, that should be your next uh, your next uh, documentary special. But yeah, that's, that's, if really, yeah. if you really want to stir up some shit, that would be. Uh, <laughs> You're right. Well, I tend to be a shit stirrer, so uh, that, that would be an interesting one. That would be, uh, yeah. Um, well, anyway, well, well, uh, come on, man. It, it's it's such a pleasure to talk to you. It's a blast to talk to you about this. I uh, apologize, I hadn't known about your podcast until I was just sort of like getting ready for the show, and I'm like, oh my no, god, a, there's a lot of podcasts out there. So <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it, there are. Believe me, but thank, this, you for, thank you for having me on. It was great. I'm sorry I couldn't get the list to you sooner, but it was fun to sort of do it. No, no it was good. It worked. It worked out this way. Just fine. yes. Um, norm, normally we do it just to make sure people are doing the work, you know, like in case they come in on, usually oh, yeah. you know, if they come in unprepared and can't do what you just did, that's, that's my <laughs> big, that's my big nightmare. And that or they come in and they have no idea. They didn't get the note. And they're like, 
No, that's the other thing. Here we go. Oh, there's homework? I didn't know there was homework. But no, as soon as I heard it. We've only had one person come on that didn't get aired. So that's a pretty good one. Uh, yes, well, yes. if this one doesn't get aired, I'll know, you, I'll know what happened. So. The Movies That Made Me is the official podcast of Trailers From Hell, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. We are proud to be part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Learn more at airwavemedia.com. This is Josh Olsen for the movies that made me. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.